in Perek Chofches, Pasuk Gimel. Shmuel Meis. Shmuel died, even though the Pasuk already told us this before. We're repeating it here because it's part of the build-up to what's going to happen next. Shmuel Meis. We used to do the Kol Yisrael. Ha'ov Ta'is Shalomund and Perek Chofches, Pasuk Gimel. And Shmuel, so Shmuel died. The Ha'ov Ta'is Yudajaisim mourned him by Peru, Barama, Oviroi. They buried him in Rama and in his city. So we saw the probably previously that there was, that was an extra matter. Normally they buried people outside the city. Avishmul that they didn't bury, they buried him in the city. There was like a certain cover that uh, they, they would bury him inside the city. Vishal, Hesir, Oves, It's two unrelated pieces of information, but they're both necessary for the upcoming story. And then Shaul had uh, gone on a campaign to eradicate Oiv and Yudoni from Eretz Yisrael. What was Oiv and Yudoni? So we know Oiv and Yudoni were two forms of divination, which means trying to predict the future. And like all Koyach Satoma, always attached themselves to something dead. The reason for that is, because something alive has a source of life, which is Kodesh. And when something has a source of Kodesh, the sources of Tumma can't attach themselves to it. But when something dies, so that, not, that life force, which was Kodesh, is no longer there, so now it becomes the place where uh, Tumma, so to speak, can take its place. And that's why dead things are always Tommy. And as we know, the more alive something was, or the more connection to life it had, the more, when it's dead, there's a source of Tumma. So that's why a person is more Tommy than an animal, that's why a Jew is more Tommy than a guy. Because since when they were alive, they had a higher source of Kedusha. So we made it when they're dead, so there's a stronger force of Tum. And those people who are looking to connect themselves to the force of Tum, to the Kaya Tum in the world, will always look for dead things to do it through. That's why it was Darish and Amesim, and Necromancy, Siancing, asking the dead, going to Mesakwaras, and you're also using bonds, the Ivan Lidani, about different scenarios of bonds of dead people or dead things which I would get to as a means to connect to the Kaya Chesotam. The Torah forbids these things. The Torah forbids these things. Uh, uh, and uh, this, it seems from the Torah that the Isser isn't of a desire, but there's the Isser of trying to find out the future from using the Kaya Chesotam. It's not a witchcraft issue. In other words, it wasn't of a and the same ones worshipping a foreign god. Mm-hmm. But uh, nevertheless, it's connecting to Kaya Chesotam to try and and, and be able to, and be told the future. In other words, uh, as opposed to a different form of worship, it's a different form of nuva. So rather than come trying to know the future by asking a navi, so they would look to all these, so to speak, sources of tumma as a way to work out or to be told the future instead. The Torah says it's also, and the Torah gives a death penalty for Rasa. Shaul, in his capacity as a king, uh, was instrumental in eradicating the practice from Chayyishra, which means there was a prevalence in the Jewish people for practicing Oiv and Yidoni, and Shal had, had gone on the campaign to make to wipe out of Shal, which was a good thing he did. He was meant to do that, and destroy, like, so to speak, people who are doing the wrong thing from the most of the Jewish people. Good question. You don't have to answer it now, but, you know, by, by Kodesh Baruch Hu, uh, he, he knows what's in the future. Right. But he always has asked the, the, the question of paradox, how can you know what's going to happen when it hasn't happened yet? Does the person have free choice? Right. But here, the uh, Oven Yudonim are doing the same thing, and, and nobody gets stuck on this problem. How they know what's in the future, you know? Because they they're just predicting what's in the future. They're telling us something different today. 
They're connecting to what Hashem is. Right, so they know Hashem is already decided, and they're just uh-huh. transmitting it to us. Okay, so what happens? We go to Pishtim. The Pishtim have gathered, they've encamped in various Gotshonim. And Shol gathers the Jewish army to face them, and they're on the other side of the mountain, on what's called Haragilba. And now Shol is the king, so he is meant to be leading the war. But Vayar Shol is Machane Plishtim. Shol sees the camp of the Plishtim. Vayira, he's afraid. Vayechra Diboy Moit. His heart trembled. First, it seemed that the Plishtim. As you know, we're a warrior nation, so they, had, they spent their time training the soldiers the whole time. And it came, seems like they were a very numerous army as well. So Shaul gets afraid by seeing them. And I've saw lots of times, part of the fact that a person has lost the spirit of Hashem is shown by the fact that he's afraid. We see by all the Shavtim that when they went to war, actually there, were, there was a certain Ruach Hashem, which gave them the strength to fight and not back down, not be afraid. And when a person loses that Ruach Hashem, so then the result is fear. And Shal, as you know, has lost the, that spirit already before the fight with Goliath. Shal was too scared of Goliath, and once again, Shal being confronted with the battle, so he's very afraid. So by Yishal Shal by Hashem Hashem, and Shal asks Hashem, "What am I meant to do? What's going to happen?" So he asks Hashem, but he doesn't get an answer from Hashem. Um, now, how did he ask? So the pasuk says, "Gam b'chadaimus, gam b'urim, gam b'nevim." He asked through a dream. He asked through the Urim and he asked for Naveen. Now, there's uh, two points here which in the explanation. Number one, uh, what does it mean he asked through a dream? So we know that there is such a concept what's called Shailas Chalayim. It's a much lower level of Nevoah than asking a Navi or asking a Rebetamim. But uh, it's something which also can give an answer. Uh, people, even as, as recently as 150, 200 years ago, could still do a Shailas Chalayim and it would work. But uh, so it wasn't nearly in the level of Nebuah, but it was a way to find out something from, from Hashem. How a person does it, they have to fast for three days, they have to say certain tefillahs, and then they would leave a blank paper under their bed when they went to sleep, and there would be a, a message on it in the morning. And we have stories of the Akhrani who did this as well. Now, obviously, very something very terse, something very cryptic, but nevertheless, it's something which they could try and interpret and understand what it meant. So Shaul tries to ask to a Akhrani, once again, we see here that Shaul, even though once or twice before, and he had risen to the level of getting the book, like we saw, Hagam Shaul Benavim, but it wasn't Shaul's steady level. And both times when he was Zechut to get the book, it was because of really the influence of Shmuel and Navi, that uh, had influenced him and brought him up to that level. Now that Shmuel's died, so Shaul's no longer on the level of a Navi, and so he can't ask the book himself, but he can try and get an answer from Hashanah's Chalam, which doesn't work. Hashanah doesn't respond. And then it says, Gambu Urim. He also asked Nur Vatumim and he asked Munavim. So we don't know who the Navi he asked was because Shmuel had died and we don't know which which was in, which was with other Navi, so to speak, that Shaul could have asked. But it doesn't deserve us so much because, as you know from the Gemara, there are very many Navim we don't know their names. The Gemara says that there was Kiflam Kiyatsi Mitzrayim Navim, which means there was double the 600,000 people that came out of Mitzrayim and Navim. So we're talking about many, many Navim. But we don't know who it was, so the Navi doesn't tell us. They weren't given a message from Israel. So whoever the Navi was that Shaul asked, he, the Navi didn't have an answer for him. In other words, here also, a Navi, even though he's able to address Hashem, not necessarily Hashem went on to the Navi. And therefore, what happened was that Shaul asked Navim, and the Navim didn't get a response, 
um, didn't get a response, so they didn't know what to say to him. And it's also a pasuk in Eicha. When Hashem doesn't want to tell information to the Nevi'im, he doesn't. So the Nevi'im don't know it because they weren't told anything. So Shaul asked what's going to happen in the war, what we're going to do, and the Nevi'im didn't have an answer for him. Gamba Urim. He also asked Urim Vitzumim, and the Urim Vitzumim didn't answer him either. Now, there's two points over here. Firstly, why did that happen? And the answer is for Zmirak and Nekid Being as Shaul had disobeyed the Nevi'im, so now the Nevi'im no longer spoke to him, being as Shaul had killed the Kohenim, so he didn't deserve to uh, to be answered by the Rebbe So it wasn't for nothing, it, nothing worked for him, it was because this was not an instrument for it, then wrong. Yeah, but uh, the Chalom? <coughs> right, the obvious question is... So the answer is, that why, why didn't the Chalom work? And the answer is also, like we said, it passes to be a level for that. And being as Shaul wasn't on the Madraga, so he didn't get the answer. What is a big question, which is surprisingly enough, uh, the Rishonim don't ask you. And that is, how did Shaul ask the Urimutamim? Shaul didn't have the Urimutamim. We know what happened to Urimutamim is when he killed Navir Akhanim, Abiyasar, who was the one of the sons of the Khan Gadol, escaped. He was the only one to survive the slaughter of the Khanim, and he ran away with the Urimutamim to David. And that's how we see that later on David has the Urimutamim. So how did Shaul ask the Urim if he, if he didn't have them? How was he, how was he meant to? How is he meant to get an answer for that? Um, so like I said, it's, it's interesting. So it, it seems to be a very glaring question in the Pasuk. Um, the Chayra, we're going to say is, well, you have to say that, whereas you know, Shaul knew what David was. He knew that he ran to Achish, and that, that's when he gave up. He was in foreign territory, he couldn't get to him there. So it could be he sent someone to ask him to him. In other words, he sent somebody to ask him to him. He knew where, he knew where to get to. You know, he didn't have them, he couldn't ask himself, but he knew where they would be, so maybe he sent someone to ask the Rebbe Tavim, and there was no answer. Um, and again, that was not in the shame. That, that was not in the shame. Okay, so that's the, so what does Shal do? So Shal says, Vayemi Shal Avodav, Shal says to servants, Bakshari Eishis Balasayv. Please find for me a woman who's a Balasayv. Ve'elcha Elia Ve'edra Shabbat. And I'm going to go to and I'm going to ask from her, uh, to know what the, what what's going to be in the war. The place called Endor, and then Endor, there was somebody who knew a lady who knew how to to use this koyach of life. Now it's an interesting thing. Uh, firstly, the number of different points addressed in the pasuk. The number of interesting points addressed in the pasuk. The first one is, why did he look for a lady who's a badass life? By a person who was working in Oyvidani could be a man as well. Why would he definitely look for an Isha Badasai? What would, what would be wrong with a man who's a Badasai? Or a Baloi, I should say. If it was just a matter of knowing how to, you know, Darish and Amazing, how to connect to the forces of Tumma, the Khaira man would be able to do that as well. Oh, so even in the time when it talks about the Makhashefa, which is a bit of a different Kach, but it also calls it in the feminine, and the Gemara says in that, because the rival of the people who dealt with these things were ladies. Can they have more of an affinity for Kaikhsatama? And we made it, so therefore it would be more likely to find the ladies about herself. The other answer is that, like we said before, Shaul went in a campaign to kill the body of. And so it would be probably more likely that a lady would be under, get under the radar and wouldn't be known about the event. So, so we made it, Shaul asks his servants to find somebody, and they do, which means as much as Shaul had tried to eradicate 
the Bali Oif in Eretz Yisrael, they weren't successful. They were still Bali Oif, which were known about and uh, were, were operating even with Charles' campaign. Now, it's, the question is, uh, how, what right does Shal have to ask a Bali The Torah is the first to ask her, and the Torah is five minutes. And as much as Shal would try to ask Urban Tumim and ask the Navi, and he had no answer, so then, okay, so then you're being punished, not giving an answer. Now, why does, that, why does it give him a heter to do an aver? Was there a heter to do an aver? So the first question is, was Shal wrong? In other words, was Shal allowed to what he did? And, and is, was he considered a was considered a chet on Shaul's part that he went to ask, uh, he went to ask about life. And in which case, if it was a mistake, so then the, way, the reason why he did it was out of desperation. You know, now, the question is, what if it's, if a terrorist is it also? So then there's no head for it. So was there a head for Shaul to ask about his life or not? So the simple mahalach of most of the is, no, there was no head to ask about life. This is added to Shaul's Averis, that uh, he went to ask a Baal, which he wasn't allowed to do. Which he wasn't allowed to do. Um, that's, that's the simple shot, which is much more than the Farshim. There is a Nutif on the Baishin Shevti that talks about the Isra of being Shal Baal and the Nutif says a very big Hiddish. And he says the Isra of being Shal Baal is a person for themselves. He says, Masha'an Kain. It's a question of pikoch nefesh for a rabbi. It's a question of pikoch nefesh for a rabbi. So then it's just like pikoch nefesh is daicha. Everything is there except for avodazara, like we know. And arayis and shvichus tamim. And being as this isn't avodazara, it's uh, it's awesome because it's it's working with pikoch hotatuma. Means the pikoch hotatuma, but it's not avodazara. And if that's the okay, case, so then in the case of uh, of possible pikoch nefesh, he wants to say maybe it was not a special task. Because Sheldon was going to happen in battle, he's, he's he's responsible for the whole Jewish army. So he really yelled. It was for him. It was uh, it was considered pikuach nefesh, which would allow even doing something which would normally be awesome. The Adam of Farshim argues that Sarachayim argues with us, and he says it's not mistaber because it wasn't that Shal could choose not to go to war. If Kais were being attacked by the Pishtim, and as a king he had to fight, he never chose not to. So where was the pikuach nefesh? In other words, the question is, it's not that, it's not that it's about love, he's going to tell you, don't fight, he's not going to fight, he has to fight. So it's just a question of curiosity to know what's going to happen. But you can't really make any decisions based on what they tell you, because you can't choose to, to abandon the battle. So that's okay, it's not Pekach Nefesh. Pekach Nefesh means a person has to make a life-changing decision, a life-threatening decision, and if that's okay, so they have to find out, if let's say, what they need to know in order to make a decision. But if the decision's been made, and it's just a question of curiosity, what's going to happen, so then it's not Pekach Nefesh anymore. And that's the same thing over here. Once Shal is a king, uh, he's committed to fight. He can't afford not to fight. So it's only a question of being curious to know what the, out, the outcome is going to be. But if it's, going, it's not really a question of shall I fight or shall I not fight. He's, mm-hmm. he's compelled to do. He doesn't have a choice. I guess that's the discussion whether he was, there would have been a head to ask Pekach Nefesh to ask the battle of or not. He went to a very... Great uh, effort to satisfy his curiosity. Right, right. Now that's the second point. And that is, the idea of having to know Mirosh, was there a heter for that? Was there, was there a heter for that? Or, was, if it's not going to make a difference to what he has to do, he has to fight. So then he should fight, regardless of trying to, trying to find out Mirosh what the outcome is. That's, that's the question if, as I said, if Shal was right or wrong, 
and what he did by asking this parasite. Now, the it seems that the way that I have worked, that the person who wanted that information from the Barasayev had to be there and ask themselves. And then the Barasayev would do whatever she did to bring up the spirit of a dead person who would communicate directly with the person asking them, not with the Barasayev. She merely she had to facilitate the connection to whichever nefesh it was. And uh, when, when, the, when the conversation took place, it would be between the questioner and the nefesh of the person that they're asking, the balance wouldn't necessarily be privy to the details of the conversation. And we're going to see over here, guys. Okay, so that's what Shaul went to do. So, by his chapel, Shaul disguises himself. Why? Because had he come as a king, and obviously no one would have, she wouldn't have participated because she knew that Shaul had been on a program to eradicate all the body of. So she so he dresses up, he masquerades himself. He goes with two people with him. The two people with him were the two generals of the Jewish army, who were Abner and Amasa. And so they, the, two, the three of them travel. They come to Lady at night, and they say to her, Cast me not Use your powers of being a Baal to bring up in the Shama. And then the person I wanted to bring up, you're going to want to use the spirit of life to bring up the shamas, and I want to tell you who I want you to bring up. So, so they ask her to practice as a bonus wife and to, uh, to, to, to use the kachas that she has to bring up in the shaman. Why they go at night? Can they there also? The idea was these things definitely worked at night. Those are times the kachas are It's interesting, even today. Where unfortunately, this this kind of Easter is still very prevalent in Israel. Not necessarily Ayyubi the idea of Darshan Amesim. Using Siyansin to speak to the Shamas of dead people, uh, it's, it's, it happens a lot. And so Easter, there is a But the most, a lot of people do it. A lot? Unfortunately, a lot of people do it, especially in the army. There are a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, we know, of a lot of uh, people involving themselves in. Speaking to, or trying to speak to the shamans of Mason. And it's a question: Is it just for curiosity? Is it because it's entertainment? Is it because Because there have been times of people have been told by Rosh, "This one's going to die. That one's going to die. This one's going to die. Whatever it is, and it's come true." And so that's a, it's, it's obviously a very shocking experience for a person to be told about which of their comrades are going to be going to get killed. But it's happened. So, but that's is the raisa. What's interesting is because it's attaching to kaiyachatama. So it doesn't work on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. We know that the rule is the Kriyat don't have a Shlita on Shabbos. And we even heard from Bali Chiva who were in army units where they were doing this. But you know, free time on Shabbos, that was the best time they tried to do it, never worked on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. They could never connect to anything because we know the Kriyat don't have a Kesha on Shabbos. So, that's, that, so there is this concept of trying to be connect to Kriyat with whichever means it's going to be that they use. And it needs a medium. It needs a medium through which they can connect to the Kayachatama, and that's what the Barasai would provide. She would provide the medium in order, you know, to facilitate the connection to the Kayachatama. And what was, how did, how did somebody, did somebody become a medium? Then or now? Then. Then the Ayyub was a certain bond of a. Of a oh, she had to have a bond. She had to buy that, you know, incantations to say to make. And now? Now they're not candles, and also they have things that they say. 
Mm-hmm. I never explore what it is. It's awesome, but they have a whatever they do in order to take attach. Glass, they take glasses. Yeah, but cloud candles. They don't know. They say when they say also. They have a board with letters, a Ouija board. When it comes to Darish Lamaisim, they can only use, they can only bring up a shine because they're people that kaiha to mahas. People that sadikim they can't touch. But so wouldn't get that. It was something special about Baal Oiv that they could connect to the Tzaddik also, oh, which wow. was rare. It, the, normally they could only bring up Roshan. Just like today, when the Darish Lameisim, it's only Roshan. Definitely, it wasn't Darish Lameisim, it was using Oiv. Oiv was a different Kach. And uh, we don't have Oiv today. But whatever Oiv was, it, it could connect to a Tzaddik too. As opposed to, like I said, going to the Mason directly, which would only work with Mason who connected to the Satan, which means Mason who Roshan. Okay, so... They go to they go to her and they ask her to use her powers. But tell me what you shall love. So the lady says to him, You know what shall is done? That he's destroyed all the people practicing over Nidani. But why did he say that? That he's destroyed all the people practicing over Nidani. But why did he say Why are you working against me to kill me? In other words, right now, no, I'm not using the Koychus of Nidani so no one can punish me. But as soon as I'm going to actively you know, bring, you work on, on, on being a Baal so then, then I'm liable to death and Shal's going to kill me. So why, why, would, why, would, why would I want to help you? Why would you, why would you want to harm me? So Shal makes a shvur and he says, I promise you by Hashem's name that nothing, no harm will befall you, nothing bad will happen to you because of what you're doing for me. Now, the first the two points in this passage. Number one, from her point of view, she didn't know who it was. From her point of view, she didn't know who it was. So why would it help her that the person's made a shvur to her? Maybe he's not reliable. Maybe Charles going to find out about it. And what? The understanding was that she was worried that whoever the person was, he would be the one to inform on her. Who else would know if she did drive or not? Because uh, so she was worried that the person that was, that was coming to talk to her was really an agent of Shaul, and he didn't form on her. And that's why when he made a sure that he would, he wanted that no harm before her, she believed that enough that she wasn't going to accept that the person won't transgress the shvur b'shem Hashem, and therefore she wasn't worried that he was going to inform on her. And now come Chazal, and Chazal say, this is a tremendous time on Shaul. You're going to ask Kech Satsum and you're being Nishvah b'shem Hashem. In other words, it's clear that uh, it, it's, it's using Hashem's name for the opposite, for doing in the very. And that's 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 uh, a terrible indictment. Like, well, how can you do that? Unless he held wasn't an Oh, so that's exactly what the Nitzv says. The Nitzv says, you see, from the fact that Shaul was willing to use Shem Hashem, it obviously held he wasn't doing it And therefore, he held that in the Tzarech for Tzarech Rabbi, in the case where it is, and then there's nothing wrong. And he says even more than that. The Nitzv says that's why he made a shvot in Hashem's name. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. Which means he wasn't just saying I'm not going to report on you. He's saying is in this instance, in this instance you're not doing anything wrong. Because since in this instance it's something which you're allowed to do, it's because of nefesh. So you're not even doing it in a way by, by, by helping me because uh, because the mice in, in this case it's, it's a it's a it's a because nefesh situation, and therefore he held it should be allowed to do it. That's because of the explains, which would make sense and why she would be satisfied by that answer and she would be willing to use the kaiyachas as a bias to help him. Um, that's the. That's so that that convinced her, and uh, so, so she's willing to try and uh, bring up whatever you want to in, in, with the kaiyach of, 
obviously it wasn't a regular request for a person from Barasayev to bring up a Tzadik HaKshmuel. And uh, but that, at that time, she, she wasn't yet aware of who he was and what he wanted. And she obviously she, she knew she was able to survive to bring up the Nefesh of Shmuel. And uh, for whatever reason, okay, she agrees to try and do it, which is what happens next. She does do that. And the question is, is it always like that? You know, I think I'm always subject to the possibility of being yanked out of the Ganeidin uh, by whoever wants to use Ivan and pull him back into this world or not. So much most of the of the Farshim is not. It's very rare. Here there's a reason why Hashem wanted Shmuel to come back and give Musa to Shah. And that's why he had it happen. But normally it's very rare. When inside is wearing Ganeidin, so the idea of somebody doing a very in this world which can take him back out of Ganeidin to punish him is not a likely thing to happen. And uh, that's why we see that when Shmuel felt that he was being summoned back, he was very surprised. It was a very unusual thing that such a thing could happen. Which is like, we'll see next time why Shmuel has to go and like, ask Moshe Rabbeinu to vouch him. He thought he was going to get punished or something. But uh, because normally the Koyach Sarah couldn't attach himself, even then, to a tzaddik enough that uh, could bring him back into this world. So obviously that's has really Isha realized that if this person wants Shmuel Novi, he must be a big person. Uh, if it's going to work, it's because it's a person who's important enough that has the ability to bring Shmuel Novi down again. She didn't yet have who exactly it was, but she must have realized it was somebody that was on the statue, on the level that he could bring down the Nefesh of Shmuel.